Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Dear Future Hubby Podcast. I am your host, Teresa Reese, and today I will be reading a poem from my book of poetry entitled A Strong-Willed Mind, Healing Scars Over Time Through My Poetry. Excuse me. Here we go. And it is called Until. When I see it, I may believe it. To just hear it because you say it is not enough for me to accept that you are the one for me. I have heard it. I almost believe it. I have envisioned it. But until I see it, I won't believe it like I did once before. Put some action behind those words, making the meaning a true verb, since actions speak louder than words. Until we say our vows, I won't put my all into it. I hope that y'all are having the most amazing evening, morning, afternoon, whenever it is that you hear this episode. And today what I wanted to talk about was showing up as your authentic self. So a lot of times what we tend to do, if we're completely honest, is show up and the representative is the one that is showing up. Um, The representative is the person that shows you every positive aspect of who you really are. Your true authentic self is the good, the bad, the ugly, as well as the indifferent. So for those of you who don't know what I love to do is to provide definitions of words. So when I am mentioning authentic, let me go ahead and provide you the definition of that. Authentic. By definition. So it is spelled A like apple, U like umbrella. Umbrella, I'm sorry. T like Tom, H like Harry, E like Eddie, N like Nancy, T like Tom, I like ink, C like cat, authentic. And it is of undisputed origin. It means to be genuine. And that is the definition of authentic. Genuine, bona fide, meaning being actually and exactly what is claimed. Authentic impulse being fully trustworthy as according with fact and authentic account of the perilous journey. It can also um, stress painstaking or faithful imitation of an original. Excuse me. That is what authentic is. This is according to the Oxford Languages Dictionary, which is one of the dictionaries that I like to share and use. Um, So, yes, whenever you are being authentic, as opposed to having the representative show up, let me look up representative. So that is spelled R-E-P-R-E-S-E-N-T-A-T-I-V-E. And it's a typical, it says typical of a class, group or body of opinion. A person chosen or appointed to act or speak for another or others. An example of a class or group. Um, Similar to the word representative is illustration, specimen, 
and it says one that represents another or others, a delegate, especially. Okay, yeah, we'll stop there. So that is another um, definition for representative, again, found in the Oxford Languages Dictionary. But what I mean by representative is someone, it's almost like putting on a mask. So where you know who you truly are, which would be your authentic self. But when you show up, you're wearing this mask of who you want people to believe you are. Um, and so you're portraying opposite of who you truly are inside. And so to portray, P-O-R-T-R-A-Y, that definition is depict someone or something in a work of art or literature, describe someone or something in a particular way, represent or play the part of someone on film or on stage, and to make a picture of, to depict, to describe in words, to play the role of. So whenever you are portraying to be someone or playing the role of someone, but that's not truly who you are, then that is what I consider and a lot of people refer to as your representative, as opposed to when you are showing up as your authentic self. This is truly who you are. There is no type of filter. This is just who you are unapologetically. Um, and you are showing up as your true self. So pretty much when you hear the words, what you see is what you get, that's typically someone showing up as an authentic version of themselves or as an authentic person, person, not necessarily a version. Because a version that also can be understood as a representative, because when you're providing a version of yourself, it says a particular form of something deferring Differing, I'm sorry, in certain respects from an earlier form or other forms of the same type of thing. So, an account or description from a particular point of view, especially as contrasted with another account. And a synonym for this is variant or a variation of. So, a version of yourself could be a variation of the representative or a variation of the authentic person who is you. Either way, um, one of the things that I was just having a, a conversation about with one of my dear friends was how we show up. And I had recently heard this, I'm going to call it a message for the lack of a better statement. Um, I had heard a message where it was a young lady who I have a tendency to follow on um, a social media site and she was talking about the ripple effect and pretty much what she was saying is that you know we sometimes question I'm paraphrasing um, we have a tendency to question why certain things transpire in our lives not understanding that there's a ripple effect and she gave an example of operating in deceit and she was saying, like, if this is something that you opt to do, if this is who you opt to be, if you opt to be a person who operates deceitfully, then you have to understand that that's going to have a ripple effect. So if you know that um, honesty is not really being an honest person is not truly who you are. Hold on. Let me let me touch base on that by giving you all the definition of honesty. So honesty, H-O-N-E-S-T-Y, 
is the quality of being honest. So, um, it's the quality or fact of being honest, upright, and fair, truthful, sincere, and frank, freedom from deceit or fraud. So, that's what honesty means according to the Oxford Languages Dictionary. So, what does deceit mean? For those of you that just want to make sure that you are on the same page as me, the action or practice of deceiving someone by concealing or misrepresenting the truth. It says deceit is the act or practice of deceiving, lying, misleading, or otherwise hiding or distorting the truth. The word deception often means the same thing and is perhaps more commonly used. Deceit just doesn't involve lying. It can consist of misrepresenting or omitting the truth or more complicated cover-ups. So that is what it means to practice to deceive. That also is what it means as far as deceit. And that is spelled D-E-C-E-I-T. And the other one that I was looking up. So... I know I said another word, but now all of a sudden I can't find it. So we'll just go with deceit. So whenever you're practicing to deceive or to be deceitful, um, she was saying how everything has a ripple effect. And she was saying how if you do practice that, then you should not be shocked by the ripple effect of that. So if you're a person who practices deceit and you know that you're not trustworthy or you know that... Um, you're not telling the whole truth. You're omitting very important details in order to cover something up. That is practicing to deceive. And by practicing to deceive, you should be willing to accept the ripple effect. And so that may be keeping up with your lies. That may be um, losing a meaningful relationship. That may be people not trusting you. And so as we were having this conversation, I literally had a moment where I recognized that one of the reasons why trust was hard for me or is still to this point at in certain areas of my life hard for me is because I've literally dealt with people um, in my past who practiced to deceive for whatever reason. And it had an impact on me. I may not have known that at the time, but it had an impact on me to the to the point that it was hard for me to trust people at what they said and that I started looking more toward how they act and not necessarily the words that were coming out of their mouths um, because of those experiences. So impact. The definition of impact is I am like Michael, P like Paul, A-C-T, the action of one object coming forcibly into contact with another Um have a strong effect on someone or something. So that's what happened to me. Dealing with those type of personality types, um, people that were practicing to deceive me, it had an impact on my be how I viewed relationships, friendships and relationships alike. And so I went on to share with her, um, and I won't get as detailed as I was in our conversation, but I went on to share with her how I didn't re recognize then what I recognize now is that when I start to see certain behaviors 
um, manifested in certain people, it is a trigger for me because back in the day when I was dealing with certain personality types and did not have the full knowledge that they were practicing to deceive me and found out later that that's exactly what they were doing. These were people that I called friend. These are people that I was trying to build a life with. And so to find out that the very people that you were calling a friend, the very people that you were calling yourself trusting, that they were practicing to deceive you and that their whole intention was never pure towards you, even when your intentions toward them was pure, that had a ripple effect on how I trusted people. And so when I was listening to what she was talking about, it was a lot of things that resonated with me because I had never truly, for the lack of a better way of putting it, I had never truly taken the time to address the trauma. I would conceal the trauma and function as if everything was okay. So conceal, hold on, let me... Let you know what that is. C-O-N-C-E-A-L. To conceal is to keep from sight, hide, to keep secret, prevent from being known or noticed. So there was a lot of trauma that I had experienced that I literally would hide. I wouldn't talk about it. I wouldn't acknowledge it. I would operate as if everything was going great in my world. Everything was cult aesthetic. That's, you know, and I'm not even going to try to spell that word. But for those of you that know, let me see. Let me see if I can spell it real quick. Cult aesthetic. Um, let me see if I come even close. I can't. Um, but I know what the word is supposed to be. Um, copaesthetic. Copaesthetic. There it is. C O P C like cop. O like Oscar, P like Paul, E like Eddie, S like Sam, T like Tom, H like Harry, E like Eddie, T like Tom, I like ink, C like cat, copacetic, that's what it is, C-O-P-A-C-E-T-I-C. The meaning is in excellent order. So I would walk around, it says completely, um, copacetic means completely satisfactory or in good order. Um, it's fine. It's okay. It's cool. It's groovy. That's what copacetic means. Um, it says now, now that you've made up with your best friend, everything's copacetic. So that's what that word means. And so I literally would do that. I would walk around like everything was fine while I was concealing the trauma. And as we had this conversation today, now, mind you, this is years ago. So this is 20 plus years ago. And I'm just now acknowledging it. I'm just now able to convey and articulate how those experiences impacted my adulthood, how those experiences impacted my choices. I'm just now able to put that into words and hold on. Let me look up impact. So that way y'all know impact by definition The action of one object coming force. Oh, we already talked about that. So to have a strong effect on someone or something. So I'm just now coming to the revelation and the knowledge 
That's what I was saying. Articulate. Um, and I'm able to convey as well as articulate. So to articulate is it's spelled A-R-T-I-C-U-L-A-T-E. And it's to express an idea or feeling fluently and coherently. Coherently is a way that forms a unified whole. Logical in a um, to be able to communicate in a logical and consistent way, an understandable way, fluently, um, the ability to express oneself easily and articulately, in a smooth, graceful, and effortless manner. And fluently is spelled F L U E N T L Y. So. I was able to articulate and then convey C-O-N-V-E-Y transport or carry to a place um, make an idea, impression or feeling known or understandable to someone to communicate. So today I was able to literally articulate and convey to one of my best friends Those feelings and those traumas that I went through back then, I was literally able to explain why it is that I believe that I operate in certain atmospheres the way that I do. And it's because for the longest time, those traumas were hidden from me. But when I start to see certain behaviors in other people that resemble what I went through back then, it is a trigger for me. And that is something that I'm just now literally being able to connect the dots. So when I say, are we showing up as our authentic selves? And I'm asking that question is because a lot of times because we have programmed ourselves or trained ourselves not to show up as who we are, people have this illusion of who it is that we are. They have this false understanding of who it is that we and then so when the true authentic person shows up they're like where did you come from well the reality of it is is that you've always been there for whatever reason you were choosing to let the better side of you manifest instead of all of you manifest and so then I don't know if y'all ever heard of this song I forgot who actually sings it but it's a song that um, her words were there's a stranger in my house and Pretty much, I believe what she was trying to say is that, you know, the person that I fell in love with, the person that I grew to know, the person who I thought that I knew, that's not who is before me now. So there's a stranger in my house. Like, I don't know this individual. Who are you? Where did you come from? Why are you here? Pretty much. Um, And again, I'm paraphrasing because I cannot think for the life of me of who actually sings that song but I know that there is a song out there and that's one of the lyrics is there's a stranger in my house and so um when I think about that you can even look at it from this perspective you are that person and if you're allowing the representative to show up and you're not operating in your full authentic self there's a stranger in your house which is the stranger in your temple there's a stranger within you and it's up to us as individuals to look ourselves in the mirror and to be completely honest 
with who we truly are, not the representative, not the imitation, not the, um, what is it? Not the, I guess you say the preference, but who we truly are, because it's only in that are we going to able, we're going to be able to fully heal. So one of the things when I was just, you know, and it's amazing to me, this happens to me a lot. Whenever I'm having a conversation with someone, I'll tend to get a confirmation some way, form or fashion. I don't know why it happens like that, but it just does. So in the course of me having this dialogue with um, one of my friends, I ran across a statement. Hold on. And now, as I'm looking this up, I, so I'm going to paraphrase. And the only reason why I'm going to paraphrase is because I asked the individual if there was any way, um, if there was any way that I could share verbatim what was said on this particular post. And I haven't received a response. So now I'm just going to have to paraphrase because I really want to share this. So... What was said was, and again, I'm paraphrasing, is when we take the time out to look ourselves in the mirror. And when we're doing this, that means no clothes, no makeup, no jewelry, no anything to accentuate ourselves. Just bare self, bare individual. When you're taking the time out to look at yourself and then taking a, a mirror, another mirror to look at the back of you. And so pretty much you're looking at all of you without any filters, without anything, just you are, you know, like um, T.D. Jakes, I think he even wrote a book about it, Naked and Unashamed. So where you're taking time out to view yourself and you are naked and unashamed and you're you're seeing you. Not with the filters, not with anything extra, but you're taking time out to truly look at yourself. And when you're looking at yourself, then you take it a step further and you start to pay attention to your bank account, how much money you got in your bank account, how what your credit scores look like. You take take mental note of that, take a notation of that, and then you take it another level and then you think about... What story are you telling others about you? But what story are others telling others about you as well? So you got your version of the story, which you would call, you know, people always say, that's my truth. So you got your version of your truth. And then you have other people's version of your truth. So if you were to take your last two exes, what would they say about you? And then put yourself in their shoes and be like, if you're being completely honest, what would they say about their experience with you? Would they be able to a lot? Because a lot of times we pump ourselves up. But if you're really being honest, what would your ripple effect look like? What would it look like when you're if you were to eavesdrop on your two, the two people, you know, that you've been with? Some of y'all, y'all only got one partner. This may not apply. So we'll talk about friendships because maybe you've only been with one person your entire life. So then, you know, you may not be able to do this particular exercise, but you can with friendship. So with friendship, 
let's just say that, you know, you've had a couple of friends fall by the wayside. If you were to take those experiences with those friends and if they were to if you were to flip the script, so to speak, and let's say you're a fly on the wall and you get to hear what they're saying about you and their experience with you as a friend, what they would truly say about you. Is the way that you're depicting yourself to the people that are in front of you right now, is it in alignment with what your other friends or ex-friends would say about you or is it a lie? So are you being honest with who you truly are or are you not? And that goes the same with relationships. Are you being honest with the person that you truly say that you are or are you lying to make yourself appear or sound more than what you truly are contributing so you do that and what it and if you think about it you know maybe you need to journal maybe you need to journal this but you think about how would this person describe and then if you depending on the type of relationship that you may have with that individual you may be able to ask the question you may be able to reach out and be like what if i were to ask you what was your experience with me what would be the positive things that you would say about your experience with me and what would be the negative things that you would say who do you say i am jesus did that he did that with his disciples who do who do they say i am then he took it a step further and said who do you say i am because based off of your experience with me, is it an alignment with what the people are saying about me? Or do you have a different testimony because you've supped with me, you've been around me, you've seen me when I turn the tables over, you know how I am when I'm not literally operating as holier than thou as, you know, most would like to think that I am. Who do you say that I am? Because based upon that Based upon that description, is the representative versus your authentic self, are they in alignment? Like truly, when people see you, do, what you see is what you get. Is that the truth or is that the lie that you've been telling yourself? And then if it's the lie that you've been telling yourself, who are you really? And then by doing that, by asking yourself that question, who am I really? The next thing that we should be doing if we're really, truly trying to become better individuals, better people to ourselves and others, then when we are being honest with ourselves, we have to be honest in terms of how honest are we as people? Do I make it a habit of lying? Do I make it a habit of deceiving? Do I make it a habit of telling people what they want to hear? Do I really tell them the truth even if it hurts? We have to be willing to be honest with ourselves. Am I telling myself the truth, even if it hurts? Um, and am I being honest with others, even if it hurts? Or am I just sugarcoating things and telling them what they want to hear? But that's not really how I feel and how I feel plays out in all these different places because I feel like I can be myself over here, but I feel like I can't be myself over here. Am I practicing to deceive this person or am I being honest at all times, no matter what the outcome? Um, so being willing to be honest, being able to tell ourselves, have we been kind to ourselves? Are we kind to others? Are we harsh? Are we not harsh? Um, are we patient? Are we not patient? Do we have a positive attitude or do we have a negative attitude? Um, and just are, am, am I able to be submissive? Am I not able to be submissive? 
And the list goes on. Do I finish what I start or do I not? Do I keep my word or do I not? Do I say one thing and do I do something different? Um, You know, going through that whole list, however that looks for you, that requires you to be honest with yourself. When is the last time you did that? And then owning your truth. Because a lot of times we don't do that. A lot of times we try to make excuses for our truth instead of owning our truth. This is who I am. This is why I am this way. I'm working on this area. I know I need work on this area. Um, I'm getting therapy or I'm pursuing therapy because I know that this is a this is a maybe a blind spot that I've never really tended to. Not quite sure why I've kind of just allowed that to just sit there and not address it. But I appreciate you bringing it to my attention. I know that this is a character flaw. I really do want to work on becoming better in this area. I don't like this character flaw. I think that it sucks. I want to do something different. That's one of the reasons why I believe having genuine friends versus the fake friends makes a big difference. Because fake friends are going to tell you what you want to hear. Fake friends are going to stroke your ego. Genuine friends are going to say, look, homie, this is an issue. And if you're wanting something lasting, you're going to need to change X, Y, and Z. If you want to keep doing the surface work, that's fine, but you're only going to go so far. But if you really want to go deeper and you want to have more meaningful relationships, you're going to have to dig deeper. Yes, it's going to hurt like hell, but Wouldn't you rather hurt now and reap the rewards later than for you to just continue to hurt and put bandages on it and you never heal? So one of the things that I love about my children is that we have those types of dialogues. They are not always easy. They are very painful. There have been a lot of tears shed. But one of the things that I love about the dynamic in the dialogue that me and my children have created is one of honesty, where we're able to tell each other unapologetically what we see in each other um, and offer suggestions on how to fix it. If you're willing, so dynamic for those of you that like to know, D-Y-N-A-M-I-C. It means of a process or system characterized by constant change, activity, or progress. Of a person, it means positive in attitude and full of energy and new ideas. That is what dynamic. And then dialogue is D-I-A-L-O-G-U-E. So... That means a conversation between two or more people as a feature of a book, a play or movie to take part in a conversation or discussion to resolve a problem. And a conversation between two or more persons, a similar exchange between a person and something else, um, an exchange of ideas and opinions. So. D-I-A-L-O-G-U-E. That's dialogue. So anytime that we're the one of the things that I love about the fact that we have that type of dialogue is that we're able to ask each other those questions. Why are you why are you this way? (laughs) What what got you from point A to point B? Like, why are you this way? Why do you talk this way? Why do you speak this way? Why do you behave this way? 
and where, but, but then I also have friends that I do the same thing with. So by being able to have those, those true, genuine conversations, um, we're able to delve into some of these hidden areas that maybe truly have been lying dormant and we were unaware, but a certain conversation will come up and next thing you know, it's like, Ooh, a landmine. I got to talk about it now. I didn't even realize that that was a trigger for me. Let's talk about it. Let's, un let's unpack this. That's why this bothers me or that's why that caused me to feel this way. You know what I'm saying? That's the reason why this emotion came up and I was trying to figure out why. This is the reason why journaling is so important. If you don't have a journal, I would suggest you get one. Now, I'm not a therapist. I'm not a life coach. I'm just a person that has gone through hell and back and is willing to live my unapologetically authentic life and tell my truth transparently. Everybody is not set up this way. I get that. But because I am, I'm hoping that I help at least one person, okay? Because a lot of the stuff that we've endured, um, sometimes we feel as if we just got to live with it. No, we can literally unpack that stuff and rewrite the story. We don't have to, you know, because you hear people say that all the time. I'm just this way because this person was this way or I'm just that way. But that, okay, I hear that. But at the same time, you, if you get the proper tools, you have the power to rewrite history, so to speak. You don't have to keep repeating history. Yes, your grandmama may have done it. Yes, your, your auntie may have done it this way. Yes, your mama may have done it this way. But you have the power to rewrite the story. You can literally break generational curses just by acknowledging your trauma and cope, not just coping, but going through the process of healing from the trauma. You don't have to keep repeating those same things. And as I'm living, I'm starting to recognize that. And one of my desires that I never really talk about is that I had prayed for the generational curses to be broken with me. Like, I don't want my children to have to go through the hell that I went through. I really want, want it to stop with me. And so, um, one of the things that I've tried to do was establish an open dialogue with my children to where they can tell me where I've hurt them, to where they can tell me where me making a certain decision impacted their adult life, um, to where I can have those conversations. Yes, there's, like I said, tears have been shed. We've had moments, you know, that we literally were needing to agree to disagree until one of us matured in that area to where we could talk about it again and not feel like we had to play the blame game. So it's still a process. You don't, you're not going to get it overnight. It's a process. But even in my doing that, what I've learned from them, because they've taught me some things too, is that um, that's one of the best things that I could have offered them is an opportunity to have an open platform where they could talk to me about where I wounded them, whether it was intentional or unintentional. That's also one of the best things that I could have offered my friendships is where my friends are able to tell me where I hurt them and, and I'm able to tell them where they hurt me. Another thing, which is another layer for another day, is whenever you are able to sit down, which I recently did, and it, it does make a difference, who mishandled you? When you're able to ask that question, who mishandled you? And you go through the process of operating in forgiveness. There's layers to that. So we'll talk about that another day because I'm still going through that process. But these are just ways of you learning and, and I guess you could say in a way, discovering 
who you are authentically. So let me just put in discover, discovering, discover. So discovering, it means to find something or someone unexpectedly or in the course of a search to divulge. So to find something for the first time or something that had not been known before is considered discover to discover and is D-I-S-C-O-V-E-R. So that is according to the Oxford Languages Dictionary, as all the other definitions I provided on this episode on today were also from the Oxford Languages Dictionary. So that was just something that I wanted to bring to your attention. This may be a little bit too deep for some, um, but it's something that, like I said, I discovered it today, wanted to talk about it while it was fresh on my heart, um, because I believe if we're honest with ourselves, we all have experienced some level of trauma. But sometimes it's hard for us to connect the dots. And as I'm going through the process of connecting the dots, I'm starting to recognize why certain behaviors are triggers for me. And in my recognizing that, that's how you're able to put in tools and able to have those um, what I call ways of escape in terms of like, OK, so I know that if I get in this situation, this is what I need to do so that I'm not triggered. This is how you pretty much start to establish your tools. At least that's what I've learned going to therapy and all of that. <laughs> and so um, that's why I'm saying having a journal may help you because you're able to write those things down. And no, you may not memorize everything right off, you know, and in the beginning, you may not memorize everything. But at least you know that you kind of will have your own blue book or your own blueprint in terms of, OK, I've been here before. This is what this made me feel like when I was in this situation. This may not be a this may not be the same identical situation, but a lot of the behaviors are triggers for me. So this is what I need to do going forward so that I'm not easily triggered. One of the things that I would recommend is communicating to the person, the offender, whoever it is. This is the reason why I responded the way that I responded. I did not know that then, but I know that now based off of what I've just you know, unraveled is that when you did X or you did Y, it made me do Z because of this. This reminded me of and because I may not have had a voice at that time and I wasn't able to speak up because I didn't know how to articulate or convey exactly emotionally where I was at. Or maybe I was just naive and didn't recognize that I was being played. Let's just put it out there. And because I didn't recognize it at that time, when a similar behavior manifested, you may be completely innocent, but because this looked like that, I'm thinking you're doing that. That's in reference to relationships. When it comes to friendships, a lot of times we don't talk about what our boundaries should be in friendship. We just assume that one person's boundary is equivalent to another person's boundary, but it all has to do with what they've been through in life. So one friend may think it's okay to like, you know, some people like, they feel like if you're dating the person that you're dating, it's almost like they're dating that person too. That's not crossing a boundary in their minds, but that may be crossing a boundary in yours. So you need to be willing to communicate, honey, I'm dating him. You're not man. I'm dating her. You're not. Those conversations need to be had because then if not assumptions are made and y'all know what they say about assumptions. For those of you that don't, when they say, don't assume, 
because by doing so, it makes an ASS out of you and me. That's what they talk about when they say assumption. That's what they mean when they say assume. Don't assume. So, so that you're not putting yourself in a situation where these assumptions are being had. And, you know, next thing you know, lines are being blurred. Boundaries are being crossed because you never had the conversation. The conversation, even in terms of boundaries, when it comes to your friendships and when it comes to your relationships, those are things that you need to discuss. You should not leave it to chance. That's how people get hurt. Not saying that you're not going to get hurt by having those conversations, but at least if those if those boundaries get crossed, you know where you stand. I hope that makes sense to somebody because it made sense to me when I said it. But yeah, so this is going to conclude my episode on today. Um, And I guess in a nutshell, what I pretty much was trying to convey today was that. Have a talk with yourself, be real with yourself. Are you showing up authentically or is your representative showing up for you? Either way it goes, when you are pursuing a friendship, when you are pursuing a relationship, I believe that you owe it to yourself as well as to the other people to be you. Because even if you opt not to be you, whether good, bad, ugly, or indifferent, every choice you make has a ripple effect. Be encouraged. I hope this episode encourages someone. However, do me a huge favor and take care of yourself because there is only one you. Signing out, your girl, Teresa. Y'all have a blessed one. Bye. And thank you so much for listening.